0: are encouraged by those of you who have come to visit with us this morning. We always during the summer have a number of hours that are out preaching here and there and going to these uh, great camps and so we are especially indebted to those who drop in on us during the course of these summer months. look forward to Dave continuing his series tonight on the eldership at our six o'clock service. Jesus said, Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. And it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Matthew 5, 14 to 16. Christians are therefore to function as the light of the world. An analysis of this text reveals the following. There is a picture to fit, verse 14. A possibility to fear, verse 15. And a purpose to fulfill, verse 16. First, a picture to fit. This text reveals the power of light. Light reveals and illuminates in Luke 15, 8. Jesus said, what woman does not have 10 pieces of silver and when she loses one, what does she do? Does she sit down and mourn and grieve over the loss of this piece of silver that she could have used for some good, legitimate purpose? Does she go out and spread the news to her neighbors about her misfortune? She lights a candle. So she can see every room in the house, even to the darkest corners, because this candlelight reveals and illuminates. And then she sweeps the house and she searches diligently until she finds it. Light reveals and illuminates. When light... Appears, darkness makes its exit because light and darkness cannot dwell in the same place. There was a blind man that carried a lantern everywhere he went. And when someone inquired as to the reason for it, he said, Because I do not want someone else to stumble over me. We need to so live our light our lives, illuminated by the gospel of Christ, that no one will stumble over us. One of the saddest things that can happen to a member of the church is to allow sin to enter his life to the point that it becomes obvious to other people. And then he or she becomes a stumbling block instead of aiding and helping and encouraging along the way of life. The darkness of sin has shut out a large portion of the light that used to reveal and illuminate and shine in this individual's life. And therefore, as this person goes to school, goes to work, lives in the community, this individual is a constant stumbling block. When people even think about the name worn by this individual, instead of being uplifted and encouraged, instead of going to them seeking help and aid as they endeavor to endure particular trials of life, they shunned this person because instead of lifting up and encouraging, they are a stumbling block to their life. We should so live as to never be a stumbling block to someone else but by life, reveal and illuminate this straight, this difficult and narrow way that will not only lead us to that heavenly home, but help others along the way. Light reveals and illuminates. Light warms, comforts, and cheers. Solomon said, truly the light is sweet. And a pleasant thing it is for the eyes to behold the sun. Ecclesiastes 11 verse 7. Why do sick people get worse in the night? Often this is the case. But then they start to feel better at the dawn of the rising of the morning sun. There was and has been occasion in every life when in the midst of the darkness of the night we leap from the bed in fear and trembling because we have heard something and we're fearful for ourselves and our family. But when we turn on the light, we are immediately comforted by it. There is not a one of us present here this morning that has not experienced that on a number of occasions because light warms, comforts, and cheers. A Christian's life should warm the cold-hearted, comfort the weary and cheery, Cheer up the faint. Paul said, Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who comforted us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. 2 Corinthians 1, 3 and 4. I beseech you, brethren, that ye warn the unruly, comfort the faint-hearted, support the weak, Be patient toward all men. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 14. There are many in the church who are in a world of trouble. They are beset by physical illnesses, emotional difficulties, spiritual problems, problems at work, problems in the home, problems in school, tragically but not characteristic of Panama Street, problems in many congregations of the church. Instead of looking forward to getting up on Sunday morning and attending the services knowing they're going to be built up, encouraged, and edified, they know because of these problems that are ongoing among brethren that they're going to arrive in disturbance of heart, And in all probability, they're going to leave with the same frame of mind. The very place outside of the home that ought to be this source of courage and coming and leaving with this warm glow of proper spiritual feelings and emotions that have been educated in the university of biblical teaching and divine truth. Thus, emotions built on truth and not emotions running wild divorced and severed from truth instead of therefore experiencing this wonderful emotional educated by divine truth upon arriving and leaving they are discouraged in this heart light warms comforts and cheers but when sin gets inside the church, inside the home, inside the workplace, inside the school, and inside our individual lives, the warmth of the sun is blotted out. And we enter into this emotional cold room that sometimes is almost like stepping into a freezer in a workplace. Because the light of the Son of righteousness, Christ through the gospel. Has been dulled by the entrance of sin and wrongdoing. Light guides. Exodus 13:21. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead the way. And by night in a pillar of fire to give light to go by day and night. We're familiar with that text. As the people are wandering in the wilderness. And they look up by day and behold this pillar of cloud. And then they nestle with family members in the warmth of the family unit at night. As the pillar of fire gazes down upon them from the benevolent heart of God. And they know when to move. And they know when to stop. And they know exactly where to go every step of the way. Because of the guiding light of the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire. Psalms eighteen twenty-eight: For thou wilt light my candle. The Lord my God will enlighten my darkness. In Matthew chapter 2. Herod inquired of the wise men as to where Christ was. And he told them, you go and you search for him. And when you find him, you bring me word again so that I can come and worship him also. And so they headed out and they saw the star. And the star led them to where Christ was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. The light of that star Led them every step of the way until they beheld God in the form of a baby. And they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. There was a great snowstorm in a given community, and there was a very sick person in need of a physician, unable to find his way to this sick person because of the darkness. Word got out, and each family unit lighted their lantern and pinned it to the ceiling of the house. And so this physician was able to find his way to this needed person because the light of the lanterns. Light guides. Our light should be like that. Instead of a stumbling block. A light to guide the spiritually sick to their home at last. Light warns of danger. There are all kinds of danger lights. Blinking lights, flashing red lights. These lights are so essential that a county is responsible if a sign uh, does not show the danger ahead with these kind of blinking lights. As the light of the world, we need to warn people of the spiritual darkness that they are facing. Jesus said, Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall live in me through thy word, that they all might be one, that thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, that there might be one in us. 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 10 is the closest passage to describing denominationalism in the Bible. Now, I beseech you, brethren, that you all speak the same thing, that there be no division among you, but that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and the same judgment. Then he talks about the four divisions, even Christ being used in a divisive way. Four divisions in that church. That's a seed of denominationalism. And if that had not been rectified, the church at Corinth would have been destroyed. That is the nature of denominationalism. It wreaks havoc it blinds men to the truth of God. Instead of shining the light of truth, it blinds to the truth. And people need to be warned of the evil of denominationalism. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. The three avenues through which Satan works. We all need to be warned that every conscious moment an accountable person is going to fight the battle of his spiritual life as Satan endeavors to rob him of everything that is good and right and decent and drive him into the pit of iniquity, oftentimes from which he will never ascend. If we fail to warn, then that person's blood is going to be on our hands. It came to pass at the end of seven days, the word of the Lord came unto me saying, Son of man, I've made thee a watchman under the house of Israel, therefore hear the word at my mouth and give them warning for me. If you see this wicked man and you do not warn him, I'm going to call your blood into account for his wrongdoing and his eventual spiritual disaster. But if you warn him and he doesn't heed, then his blood is going to be on his own hand. Ezekiel three verses seventeen and following. Light heals. Hospital patients often sit in the sun as part of their healing process. A physician said that it took seven days, seven to fourteen days longer for a fracture to heal in a given dark ward as compared to another one in a well-lighted ward. Christians can be a bomb of Gilead in aiding in the recovery and healing process by shining their light on those who are bereaved and brokenhearted. Light does not burn in and of itself. If your house goes dark because of some weather condition, you may have a hundred candles in the house. But those candles are worthless unless you light them. You may walk into your house from the outer darkness, you can either curse the darkness or turn on the light switch. But light does not burn in and of itself. We must allow Christ and the gospel to lighten our life. We do not have any light of our own. The moon, we're like the moon in that sense. The moon does not have what we call moonlight. is not moonlight. The moon does not have any light. What we call moonlight is the light of the sun as the moon reflects the light of the sun to the earth. So the moon is dead with no light of its own, but the sun shining in its brilliance and the moon looks up with thanksgiving, as it were, draws from the light of the sun and then reflects that into the world. There's nothing more beautiful. Oftentimes we leave... uh, Panama Street, especially on Wednesday night, and Cheryl would say, Look at that moon shining there in the heavens. The same moon that Adam and Eve went to sleep under every night. Lying there together in perfection and innocence in the Garden of Eden. And beholding, before they drifted into peaceful slumber, the beauty of moonlight, as it reflected the light of the sun in that world of paradisial perfection. We have no light of our own. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them that believe not. Lest the light of the gospel should shine unto them. 2 Corinthians 4, 3 and 4. We need to be the light of the world. We have no light of our own. We can't manufacture it. We can't invent it. We can't make it. We've got to reflect the light of Christ through the gospel to others' lives as we live in the light of the gospel of Christ. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Light can be painful. If a person does not love the truth when he hears the truth, that's going to be a painful experience. Saul was deep in error. And he was a source of discouragement to every Christian on earth. He separated families. He transformed wives into widows, converted innocent children into orphans in his bloody rampage against the church, wreaking havoc against the church. In Acts 26, verses 9 to 11, he described himself as almost being insane in his hatred of Christ. If he'd had his way, he would have exterminated the name of Christ in New Testament Christianity from the face of the earth. But light that can blind those who don't love it was a balm of healing to his angry mind and converted the apostle of hate into the apostle of love to the degree that he would suffer as no other one had suffered, and gladly so. But to those who, unlike Paul, do not love the truth, light is a painful thing. Did Cain enjoy the light that God tried to shed in his life? He left God and never came back. Genesis 4, verse 16. Did the majority of people who heard the prophets preach enjoy it? The light of the truth that the the prophets preached was a source of disgust to them. They hated it. 2 Peter 2, 5 says that that great Noah of all was a preacher of righteousness. Did those people to whom he preached love the truth? They hated the truth. And it was a painful experience for them to hear it. What about Stephen's audience? Were they happy to hear what Stephen said? He called them stiff-necked and uncircumcised and hearted ears. He said, you do always resist the Holy Spirit as your fathers did, so do ye. Which of the prophets have not your fathers persecuted? And they have slain before the coming of the just one of whom ye have been now the betrayers and murderers. Acts 7, 51 to 53. They so hated. And so painful was the light of truth through the gospel that Stephen preached that they killed the man. And we live in a world today that hates the truth. Half the church hates the truth. And they've chosen the spirit of liberalism over the spirit of the gospel and the spirit of truth because it's a painful experience to them to hear about law and restraints and restrictions. They like the spirit of liberalism that liberates their mind so they can join forces with the denominational world and feel good about it. Light can be painful. Light burns sacrificially. When light is burning, something is being consumed. When that candle is burning, you can just watch the candle as it's being consumed. Even so, it costs something to be a Christian. Romans 12.1 talks about giving our bodies as a sacrifice. Matthew 16, 24 tells us that we must, we must deny ourselves and take up the cross and follow Christ. And Luke 14, 28, Jesus said, if a man is going to build a tower, he sits down first and counts the cost, whether he has sufficient to construct it. Light burns sacrificially. Light is pure. Water, when cleansing, becomes dirty. You've been working outside and your hands are dirty and you wash your hands, that water turns a brownish, darkish color because that's what happened. Fire, when purifying, becomes polluted with draws, but light, when burning, remains pure. While we're trying to exert an influence on the world, we need to remain unspotted from the world. James 1, verse 27. Light is visible. Wherever something is illuminating, it must it must be visible. Men cannot see or find our fine ideas, our good intentions, or our holy aspiration. We need to emphasize the word shine. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. You know, we can talk about it, plan to do it, intend to do it, but that's not good enough. We need to shine the light of the gospel to a dark world in which we live. There's a possibility to fear. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Let your light so shine before men they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. It's possible to put our light under a bushel and to hide it. The church at Ephesus destroyed the light of their influence because they left their first love. The church at Laodicea was a disgrace. They were so distasteful that Christ said, I want to spew you out of my mouth you brag about being spiritual, but then describes them with the worst kinds of negative terms. There are some circumstances under which a Christian cannot let his light light shine. You cannot work in a tavern and let your light shine. You cannot go down here to Wetumpka, attend that gambling facility and shine your light as you said at those tools and games of gambling. You cannot stop off from work at a drinking facility and shine your light on those with whom you sit at the bar with. You cannot go out into a public dancing facility and do any good by talking about the gospel to the dancing partners on the floor. There are just some places we cannot shine our light. Brother Gus Nichols expressed great uh, despair over having told an aspiring uh, actor that he could uh, live the life in Hollywood of a Christian. A man destroyed his spiritual life by going out to Hollywood and Brother Nichols regretted that he ever, thinking that a man could live the Christian life anywhere if he tried hard enough. But there are just some environments where that hard enough disappears rather quickly. And then there's a purpose to pull fulfill. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven." It is the works, not the worker. The old lamplighter could not be seen, but his work could be as he went about in the darkness of the night, lighting the lanterns along the street. The real Christian is one who reflects most of Christ and little of himself. I am crucified with Christ. That's the crucifixion of self in order that the light of the gospel might shine through our life. Our works need to be seen, not heard. 1 John 3, verse 18, Let us love not in word, but in deed and in truth. Well done is far better than well said. I might should have checked with Jeff before I made this point, but he can rebuke me later with the truth if I've missed it. But it's my understanding that it takes 1,936 minutes for sound to reach earth. But a sunbeam only takes eight minutes. Yet sometimes we do more talking, more sounding, than shining. The purpose for doing good works, that God might be glorified, not that somebody might sing our praises. Street lights protect citizens, yet they do not praise The light, they praise the city administration that has sense enough and judgment enough to care for the citizens by providing lights that shine safety and well-being in an otherwise dark city. Christians shine that God might receive the glory. Among the ancient Greeks, a runner who won the race was not the first to cross the finish line. It was the one who crossed the finish line with his torch still burning. May we so run as to cross the finished line of life with our light still burning, that we may hear him say, not well said, but well done, thou good and faithful servant. If you've not obeyed the gospel of Christ, we encourage you by faith. repent of your sins, confess Christ, be baptized into Christ. If you've done that and sinned in some public way, we hope you'll come home in penitent confession and prayer while we stand and sing. Hey! Uh-huh.
1: That that Appreciate that lesson very much, Mr. Frank. Let's all make an effort to be here uh, for our training class at 5 o'clock and then for our memory class at 5.30 and of course our worship again at 6.00. We're going to sing one more song before we dismiss. Number 290, 290. Be with me, Lord. we will sing the first and last verses of this
2: song and then be dismissed in a prayer.
1: Be with me, Lord. I cannot live without thee. I dare not try to take one step alone. I cannot... pain, at which shall come the hour of my departure.